Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000-year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings, and this is your host, Parisha, and this is Windows in Your Mind. And I love when I hear myself saying that. I actually love the title of the show and exactly the beautiful material that it brings about. So I welcome all of you here in this time with me. And let us make good of this hour that we're going to be sharing. So basically, again, I come with appreciation for all of you who are actually using Facebook and some of the social media to contact and be right personal and upfront with me. I love that. Some of you have brought a lot of good information forward that we have followed up with, especially on some of the projects that I've brought to your attention. A lot of you have given some excellent leads, and there are no words to express my gratitude for that. And then those of you who are actually keeping up with the show and just doing good feedback, those kind of encouraging comments are exactly the fuel that keeps us going. So I appreciate that very much. And again, I give absolute uh, thanksgiving to Jules, our producer of uh, the LOA series and network, and definitely all the gifts that she brings to our world is very, very comforting to me. So tonight, what are we going to talk about is definitely looking at some of the stuff that's come up. We've just had uh, this past Saturday has actually, or Saturday of, is actually the time of new moon. And I've had a tremendous amount of inquiries about people wanting to know just exactly how we, in the, especially my end of indigenous life, how do we work with that? Well, basically, I, and I have discussed this before, and I even have had a, a beautiful woman from Sedona on the show that actually teaches and talks about the Mayan calendar. Uh, the Mayan calendar, and ha- there's two or three versions of it out there, okay? I basically pretty much am in support of the Guatemalan uh, Mayan calendar that, that we work with. And it, it's a calendar that's actually anchored more to the galactic, cyclic uh, play of things. And so, therefore, it, it doesn't have much correlation at all to the ticker on your wall or on your wrist or... Uh, 
12-month calendar because in the event of a full solar cycle, there are actually 13 moons. And the moon is what we, or, you know, the Latin equation of moon is, is definitely what we're calling a moon cycle. Well, that's 28 days, okay? So there are cyclic accuracies that are not represented in the Gregorian calendar, which is what most of the world works off of other than a few countries who obviously move to a different drum as well. So basically, then what I do is I superimpose my calendar, the true what I call true time, on top of whatever the, the monthly 12-month cycle of calendar is. And so my days are different than yours in that way. I live purely by the cyclic uh, movements of the universe that I'm in. And in that, I, I see the total effects and the genuine reality of that in what my planetary home of Earth actually shows and reflects to that. So new moon and full moon are actually cyclic measures for me. And obviously, they're what determines or actually are guided through what we have come to learn of our seasons. And remember that the northern part of our earth itself is actually on a totally tone, you know, time difference than what the southern hemisphere is. So when it's daytime here, it's nighttime there. And then you have all these little pockets of that kind of time zone effects that's all over this planet. So Obviously, then, those particular time zones are governed by the sun and the moon, which are the closest timekeepers to us as far as indigenous thoughts, okay? So, however, those particular cycles of a 24-hour effect and then a monthly effect, okay, obviously, uh, you, you know, most people are on the control patterns of a seven-day week. So you're actually given a particular emotional charge to your seven-day week, okay? You have five days that you are in the consciousness of productivity, which you call your work, your position, your career, or whatever you do for productivity and income. And usually on that, what have we done? How do we relate to Monday? Everybody dreads Monday. Everybody, you know, has an issue, whether it's one you have taken on of your own experience or something that has been suggested and influenced in your life. Monday is a time that most people, you know, think about the drudgery of returning to work. Okay, and then Friday comes. Everybody is moving all week long looking forward to Friday. And then Friday is when you shut down your life, and its product productivity to take on an insane expectation of Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, you're, you know, what has happened to whatever people used to relate to is the Sabbath. You know, the studies and research shows that less than, than a third of our planet does not, you know, two-thirds of it is not doing Sabbath, okay? So they don't have any time that they contribute to a Sabbath. 
All right, and I know that we think that those stats need to be questioned because most people have church affiliation and everything. But then when you look at the studies, people who go to church are not necessarily going to church because they think of it as a Sabbath. They think of it as a duty or a community status or whatever. So, you know, not living the true thoughts of what a Sabbath is, okay? And then just, you know, there's just a lot of traditional stuff thrown in here. And so that seven-day week actually totally disrupts the energy field and biorhythms of what your energy field does in its connection and correlation with the cyclic energies that take place around us through planetary cycle movement in our solar system, our solar system inside the Milky Way, blah, 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 okay? So we're not in the natural order. We're not in the principles when we're on those particular disruptive means and measures of time, okay? So then when we look at that, what do we use new moon and full moon for? Well, it goes back and, and listen for a while, and I've shared this before to some of you who've been hanging out with me for a while, is years ago when I was teaching in university and or doing some adult classes and stuff, we were actually studying astronomy, not astrology, but astronomy, because astrology would not have been accepted in the university. Okay, So basically, I kind of wove into the study of astronomy some of what the particular people in attendance saw as mythology and uh, some of the particular indigenous native thoughts on how they used planetary and cyclic movement of the stars in the universe and so forth and on. So there was this professor who, his, one of his students who was attending my class had told him about some of the things I was teaching. So he come to the class to debunk me, and I mean, really gave me a hard time, you know, and was saying this is so ridiculous, because what, what we had discussed was the effects of the moon on the water and the mass of oceans and stuff, and how tides and everything are actually affected by full moon. And so he just wanted me to know that he thought that what I was teaching was absolutely ridiculous and counter uh, productive as educational. It was nothing but, you know, superstition and blah, blah, blah. And then I really loved it because one of my male students, who was very keen and very well, very learned person, began to challenge some different things and asking him, okay, so what is your educated explanation of why does the waters raise and why is there such an electromagnetic impact from the full moon and its different positions as it moves across the face of the earth and the waters. He didn't have any. He had absolutely nothing to say. And then he was challenged by, okay, and when you think that the moon has no effects at all on us, you know, how much do you understand, you know, the gravitational field and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that, of which he had nothing. So basically, when they asked him who he was and what he taught at the university, he was a mathematician. And then it was really wonderful because one of the, one of the well-versed students in my class studying mathematics, I mean, advanced that, you know, 
basically base of geometry. He had gone into geometry and he had physics and so forth. And he challenged him on that level. And so the, the poor man made no progress at all with his objections. In fact, gave us wonderful opportunity to put greater perspective on some of it. So there are people who don't actually allow their knowingness to involve a greater reality than just what's in front of their nose. And with that, you have to be kind and, and tolerant and do whatever you can to answer as many of those questions because these people will have fear. And some of their fear is based on religious uh, determinations that such studies and knowledge is forbidden. But then you have to get to the practical educational level of this and actually begin to look at some of what I would consider the true intelligence around it. Now, has there been superstitions and maybe different activities or that you know have been justified through superstitions and that? I don't know. I'm cautious not to label anything superstitious. I, the, the actual word itself is a derogatory word that makes something wrong. And, and its purpose is to denote the fact that there's something not real. And so I don't, I don't go there. You know, there's, there's so many things in my life, like, and I've said this to you so many times, there's so many things in my life that if I wrote any kind of book or anything about my life, it would have to go under science fiction, okay? And I don't have a problem when people take issue with what I share and how I talk about different things. Because I realize when I'm doing that, that I'm talking to the unknowing. And that's not, again, derogatory to that. It's that if they've not had the experience, and it isn't something that is commonly, uh, you know, something on the common base of what they're seeking to understand. You know, you cannot put them in a wrong position if they knew not any better. And so when I, you know, I don't want to start putting it out there because and then maybe some people's practices that are being called superstitious have a very grounded history as to why that's done or how come they believe that so I, I just stay open okay the safest thing for me and I suggest more of you do that if I don't know and I don't have any direct experience to talk from I'm just open to hear okay and in hearing it I listen and whatever I can make of it, if I can take it further, you know, go ahead. If it's something that I ha I'm having a hard time accepting, I just allow myself to accept that's what's happening. I'm having a hard time accepting it. I didn't say anything about them. You know, key here is I'm saying it to me. I'm having a hard time accepting it. Okay. And so, therefore, it doesn't make anything one way or the other with what they're doing and what they're saying. It's that somewhere in me, there's something that's having a hard time with that. And so then I go to work with, if I'm really curious enough, I'll go find some things and learn some more. Or I just simply realize, okay, I uh, don't feel interested enough to pursue it. So I don't give it any more time. But with the full moon, you know, you need to pay attention that what's documented and scientifically known. And now we have all these wonderful satellites moving around us out here, okay, that we're actually energy you know, fields and different impacts of magnetics and stuff between our sun and our earth and the planets that actually make up our solar system. And there's always these constant movement of energy and, and you know, frequencies and stuff that's happening and that we're constantly in motion with them. 
So then you'd have to start realizing when something as important as a full moon that actually has tremendous evidence upon the sea life of our planet, and our planet is 70% water, our body is 70% water, there's as much salt content in our body as there are in our oceans. There are some likenesses here that I'm going to ask you to consider, okay? And then so when the moon is full and there's this magnetic pull on the ocean, the ocean actually swells up in the middle and it actually pulls the tides in. The sea life, and especially all the studies, and you can go on the internet now, there's just gods of studies, okay, when the full moon and the different phases of the moon are considered, there's all this effect on the sea life, okay, all of the creatures that live in the sea, all of those beings. Well, let's come back to your body then, okay, we're made up of trillions of cells, each one a totality of what you are as a physical body. Now, I hope I'm being clear with that, okay? So each cell is a clone of your entire body and being. Each cell. And you have trillions of them. So in essence, each one of those cells actually states that there are trillions of you in this body form. We, in my, and I've talked to you much about this in my language, the word for body is the same as altar. An altar being a sacred place of where the macro and the micro meet, where the creator exists. So the I am that I am is very much a part of our particular means and ways of belief and culture. Okay? So now... You have all this effect on the larger water bodies of our planet. You know, how intelligently can you possibly dismiss that then there are effects on this body, this physical organ of you? Okay, and so we significantly acknowledge that. And in the acknowledging of that, we realize that this is a very primary time. And that we realize that it's auspicious and that we need to take note of this. We need to actually, uh, in whatever way we are culturally expected, to interact with that acknowledgement. So we do a lot of ceremony and ritual. My, I see my life in a total you know, ritualistic way. I understand that brushing my teeth every day is a ritual. I understand that bathing every day is a ritual. It's an ongoing thing that is done in a particular way that has particular significance. It's a ritual. So basically then, then with the you know, full moon, we have these particular expectations and we celebrate that by actually recognizing that the fullness of the moon says that it is complete. It has come completely through a whole cycle and now of itself, it's through all of its phases and it's whole. And that it has come to its completeness and wholeness has actually been a journey through the many days of its track and its cyclic motion and actually has brought something to a conclusion. And so we live knowing that and it becomes the true time, the true clock. So then there are things that are set in motion, postulates that are 
made, uh, everything we do is celebrated by fire and burnt offering. So then, and dance, dance and chanting, and usually the drums or the rattles or the bells, the sticks. So all of this is brought into the actual acknowledgement of that. Why do we do that? Because it connects us. It's the sacred hoop. It, it connects us and keeps us connected to all of the ancestral gifts in bringing forward, as well as bringing us into whatever that is in the future of what time is. So present time right now, it's all in the same place. So actual, all of the ceremonies that we do is acknowledging the connection to all that has been and will ever be. So it is that connection and that fulfilling of the sacred hoop. And when you study the time loop in physics and, and you begin to understand how real that is. The time loop itself is a circle, okay? And it shows how time moves in its cyclic positioning so that whatever you believe time to be becomes. But see, time is something we have put in motion. Time does not exist. We have made it real. And then we put our clocks and everything else to actually measuring it and acting like we control it through that when actually the clock begins to control us. So then we move through the phases of the moon waning. So when we say the moon is waning, it means it is shrinking. It goes A little of it goes away every day. So it loses its fullness and it begins to, to actually move away. And the frequency begins to wane as it goes into new moon time. So full moon means it's expended all of what the, the what is, and now it starts going away. It starts, you know, melting down, moving down. Okay, so those are particular significant vibrations that are going to significantly affect us. And so we're the 70% water, and we are, you know, out of the 70%, we're 30% matter, we're 30% particle, you know, and, and so basically, however, it affects the earth herself, which is very obvious when we have earthquakes and other things, we're actually aware of how the sun's activities are helping bring forth certain things in the earth's soil and body. All of that's going on in us is my point, okay, in, in our beliefs, in our tradition, all of that's going on in us. And now we move to, okay, we're moving through the waning time or the shrinking time of the moon. And then we're moving into the time when there is no moon. It all shows only it's aligned itself with the sun. So you don't see it at night at all. Okay, and then that's considered new moon. When the moon is blackened is new moon. So it is birthing itself. So then at new moon, we begin to do rituals and have activities and mindsets and everything that actually comes to acknowledging, okay, this is the time to birth things. This is the time to begin the energies and the frequencies right now that we call principles because that's how science has now related to all of these particular energy fields and effects. These are principles. Principle because now that's we're saying that's how it is. Okay. So now we come to that time and we realize, okay, this is when everything starts up. 
This is when everything actually comes forth again and again and again. Okay. And so basically we, we kind of, you know, put ourselves in the position of living that regardless of what the calendar says, regardless of what you're saying the clock on the wall said. You know, this is the galactic cyclic timekeepers. And so here at the new moon, I'm going to set things in motion. It gives me a good two-week period of time to make sure that I've got everything in place. And, and, though, and from the new moon to the full moon again, what's happening? Okay, we had the waning time, you know what I'm saying? So now we're coming into the structuring time, so this is the growth time. And so at this point, every, every bit of those days are used to make sure that there's solid care, mindset, and activity supporting the productive level of whatever it is that we have put into the beginnings. And then again, come full moon, there is some level that we can say is complete. So the waxing, it's called waxing from the new moon to the full moon. The waxing meaning it's growing and it's building. And those are what, you know, now we, we have the technology and the science to say that's exactly what the electromagnetic field, which is the openness around you that you think is nothing, this is exactly what it's doing. So if you're plugged into it and you're open to it and you're actually allowing yourself to build and move with it, you know, you're surfing. You're, you're riding that wonderful wave of power and possibility. And, and knowing how energy works, and, and I would hope that a lot of you are actually studying these things, what we know now due to quantum physics revelations is that you determine the reality. See, it used to be a little cliche thing that we used to say, you know, you create your reality. Fred Allen Wolf gave us that. But no, the truth of it is, is that you and your beliefs are your reality. And whether you are actively creating them or not, they become what you think. Whatever you're thinking is exactly what you're living. So then we use the moon cycle. So like, you know, we just had the, the full moon. I mean, the new moon. So we're going toward the full moon. We're waxing. We're building. We're, you know making sure that productivity and things and momentum is being established. Don't necessarily mean that by the time we get to a full moon, that it'll be complete, but that phase of it will be complete. You know, it might be the final phase of something, but actually as well, it's, it can be multiple phases of something that needed to have this particular measure. And so that's how we use the this, this cyclic, influences of the moon itself and then we move out and some of you have been following the uh, information and stuff I'm sharing on my Facebook as to what how the solar activity and the sun's activities and cycles actually affect us as well we have a solar calendar which is actually the measure of cyclic time that the earth moves you know, that the sun moves from this place with the earth and where the earth returns to that how many days later. And that's called a solar calendar. And it's not 365 days. And then we we basically live most of the time to just that solar 
solar particular activity and then we what I've started to do just by request because I follow it a little great deal of the people that I've worked with over the year are the researchers and scientists that actually study the solar flares and the sun's activities and its effects and its measurable expected outcome on our earth and therefore if it has a measured expected outcome on our earth and you are made up, our bodies are made up of what the earth is, okay, then to me it's just, you know, how I don't know how much simpler it can be, then obviously it's having an effect on us. So we're noticing that animals react sometime before an actual earthquake happens. Okay, so do you. You just don't know how to read it, you know. Um, and it wouldn't matter where you're at on the earth because if it's going to affect the, the planet itself, it's going to affect you. It doesn't matter what hemisphere you're in either. So basically when we begin to allow ourselves to think in that all-inclusive awareness, our whole world changes, not just ourself and our little perspective. We allow ourselves to see a greater world. And as we become more uh, in-depth with that, more accepting of that, more real with that. We will not harm each other, beloveds. We will not, we would not ever see it clear to actually bring harm or allow suffering for anyone. Because uh, the truthfulness of it all is when you bring it to this level of understanding. If someone is suffering, we are all suffering. There's some degree of that affecting us all. And so for us to begin to look and actually occupy in thought as well as daydream, what, what does it mean to have a peaceful world? It's like a view of looking out over a, a large space of the Earth's surface and seeing beautiful hillsides of trees and flowers and meadows and creatures interacting and moving through what it takes to have a day. You know, it's just it's just a far greater vision of what it can be. When you go to beautiful places and you look out across your perspective of whatever that place may be, and it's meaningful to you and it fills in you a sense of such magnitude of beauty and, and just awesome power. It's in that moment that you're closest to the very truth and essence of yourself as ever you will be. And it's in those moments then we could have a small tidbit of understanding what actual being at peace, actually being at peace would have on us all. And then those are going to be the days when we have fulfilled the mission of coming into the earth as the observer or the soul and picking up the body and training and working with the organicness of what the planet is to produce that. Such an Eden, such a beautiful garden. And we can have that. You and I can create that. In fact, everything that we're doing in every study that we have, we are already doing that. And in the process of doing that means we are coming 
to what I would consider another full moon, a completion, you know. So each, each time you successfully are totally able to live according to the beliefs of what you are studying and understanding of the new sciences and the experience of life and creator, you know, that's, that's another cyclic part that's coming around and we're spiraling into the greater whole. And, and so we can do that with starting to not, you know, I have students that come and say, okay, how do we get on your 20-day count and out of a seven-day count? And I told them, can you count from 1 to 20? And, of course, they say yes. They said, well, that's how you do it. You know, you're counting from 1 to 7 right now. You need to count from 1 to 20 if you want to do a 20-day count. And then you put this on here because if you're going to start today, this is where you're starting. And it's at this point you would count those 20 days. You know, and so, and maybe you're partially already in four days of this 20 count. Or maybe you're, you know, you're already 18 days inside this 20 count. But this is where you're starting. And then you count the 20. So, Basically, for you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff on the internet. If you wanted to do this, is you just get into actually living a 20-day cycle, and at any point in that 20-day cycle, you can choose what part of that cycle is best, you know, given to the focus of productivity, and when can you actually take vital time, what I call soul time, that you have this time with nature, you with the meditation, with family, with loved ones, you know, with actually doing something just nurturing, you know. And, and you don't have to be told you can do that because it's Saturday and you don't have to work, you know, or it's Friday, so now you can burst loose and have fun and laugh and, you know, just have a great time and gather with your friends. You know, what if it's Tuesday and you don't live till Friday? You know, who has a guarantee? But if I bring some of what Friday is into Tuesday, I'm not going to miss anything. And that's the whole gift of the 20-day count. Every day is filled with the Sabbath. Every day is filled with the social love and, and the, the nurturing of social time. Every day becomes a full week. Okay, and, and you don't miss anything that way. Even in our traditional way, no matter, like, especially like at harvest time and some, some of the more uh, time, you know, time things, uh, the soaking up of more time in a day, we still manage to include the social need, you know, the time to play and laugh. And, and the social eating together and so forth and on. And there's still time there. I mean, we begin every day as Sunday. The sun's coming. It's Sunday. And so, therefore, that you awaken today and you have another day of life. It's Sabbath. And so, when you're living that way, you're living a full existence in every day of your beautiful life. The mindset that we do, that I particularly practice, and it's a, it's kind of a gathering between uh, the native influence of my childhood and 
obviously the Bible Belt that was around me in that childhood, as well as the journey through all of the world and all of the, I mean, my intensity and interest and thirst to know more of what people believed and why they did the things. It led me through studying every religion and theology. So basically what I am today when people ask, you know, so if you had to express yourself and people ask you, what is your religion, what would you say? And I would say, I'm Native Christian Buddhist. And they all start laughing. It's like, how can you be all three? And it's like, well, I don't see them as three separate things, I guess. So basically, you know, I live that way. So I'm going to make sure that everything that I value is presented from the very time that I finally become aware and awaken from the many death that a sleep state is. It's a little tiny part of the experience of death. Then when I awaken from that, my mindset is to immediately today, with the gratitude and the gift of this day, that I will devote time searching and making sure that I see 1,000 beautiful things. Okay? A thousand is a reasonably good number, beloveds. And if you spend time looking for beautiful things, knowing that you have a count that you've set as your goal for a thousand of them, most of your day, if not all of your day, is going to spend looking for beautiful things. So you don't have time to see the ugly over here and somebody doing something wrong over there. So the criticalness of our very nature is changed by that. You don't have time to look at it or be a part of it. You're looking for a thousand beautiful things. And then the follow-up to that is to touch 100, at least 100 sacred things. That means I will touch 100 people. That where I feel compelled to touch a person's arm or take their hand or in some way touch them, that I understand they're sacred this body is an altar, and of this altar, there is God. And so, basically then, knowing that today, that count has to be met. A hundred connections with other people, a thousand beautiful things that you can behold and see. And, and I've worked with blind people with that, and deaf people with that, and it's just extraordinary, their, their experience with that. But when you're doing that and you're starting that out, you're allowing this day, this single day, this present time, this now, to be everything. And because the day begins, because the sun is coming, it is Sunday. The very beginning of my day is Sunday and Sabbath. And then as my day moves Again, I follow the cyclic patterns of my mother, the earth. And this morning time is Awahili, the eagle. And the eagle calls to me that it is noble and it sees only truth. That no matter how microscopically small it is, the eye of the eagle can see the tiny mouse hiding underneath the leaf in the forest. So the details of truth are, are extra strong during the time of Wahili, the eagle. And in that time from sunrise to 
around 11.30 or noon time, I am with the eagle. And that part of my day is in alignment of making sure that truth prevails in everything, that the loyalty of what that truth is and the power of what that truth is is laid in place and that I am weaving and knowing I'm a part of that. So when I say at sunrise that today I will behold 1,000 beautiful things, I have said that in the presence of the ego. It has to be true, and I am dedicated to making that a truth. The same with 100 sacred objects. I've said that in the very presence and field of the ego. So it has to be absolute truth. So I will make sure that I have touched 100 people's lives. So then I move into what I would consider the high sun. For us, high sun is when the sun is directly above you and that your shadow is at your feet. And in certain seasons and times, it's also called the white sun. Now, when I am in that position with the sun, I know that I am in Waya time. Waya is the wolf. The wolf to us is the Alpha and the Omega. And that in the understanding of the very nature of the wolf and the Alpha and the Omega of myself, I'm in a good balance with my feminine and my masculine, regardless of what my gender is. And then we live according to that harmony and that balance. And so we're in the time of relationship. And in that time of relationship, you know, I'm putting a definite uh, intensity or focus on those 100 sacred things. So I'm relating and I'm reaching out. And, and if anything, because of maybe a slower or a more secluded morning, I am more active immediately realizing the, the momentum I have to keep to honor my 100 sacred things. And those hundred sacred things can be making sure you don't kill some little bug that went across the, the way or killing anything to, you know, taking time to touch the dog that is so happy and, and so loving of you coming and going or whatever. The the love of a bird, you know, the the including 100 sacred things ends up to being thousands to be. Because I love trees, I love flowers, I love the soil, I love everything. And when I'm looking at it, and I'm truly saying that, I love it. I love the smell, the intoxicating smell of the earth herself when the rain touches her. When the rain, the first, first few minutes of the rain coming and that wonderful smell comes up out of the mother. Oh my gosh, I breathe so deeply, I, I make myself dizzy. And, and I surround myself with that scent, that essence. A tree, touching the bark on the tree and understanding the gratitude that you need to feel, that that tree gives you the very breath that you breathe in. That what it gives off is actually the purity of the oxygen that you take in. So that touching the bark of that tree could mean a little bit more to you than maybe you've given it in the past. 
see that's a sacred that is a sacred being to me to look at the perfection of a leaf to look at the perfection of a blade of grass reminds me what science proves that it can only be in its individual form because it was given presence. Therefore, it was named by the Creator and became a thing. Hmm. How large is your concept of God? How many blades of grass is there in a field? How is it that you can pick up a handful of sand and the sand can run through your fingers because each one of them are a little particle of stone and different minerals that have made itself up as sand. Each one, each one individual of itself. Was it a piece of gummy, glucky, big wad of something? Yet for it to be individual of itself, it has so been named, and the word becomes form. Do you, do you have time in your busy day to ponder things like this? Because see, that's where the difference comes in. And so when we're wondering why would anyone be following cycles of the moon and cycles of the sun and understanding the actual flare effects of the sun. And how would anyone consider that the placement of the planets are going to have a magnetic interaction with our planet? Well, be grateful they're not bumping into each other so it's significant enough to keep them at the distance they are that allows us to not have collision. So those magnetics and the repulsion and understanding of magnetics are saying then that has something effective on us. And then, you know, in doing this, you're allowing yourself to expand to the understanding that we are universal beings, that this body altar is in itself such a magnificence of God's awareness of itself. To uh, one day in walking through the forest, and I stopped because there was such a beautiful formation of stones and patterns in the stones, and it was like, oh my gosh, look at this. And I was talking, and my husband kept saying, I can't hear you. What'd you say? I told him, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the stone. I'm talking to Creator and saying, look here, do you see the beautiful work that you've done here? Look at this beautiful stone pattern. And I watched my husband watch me as I was doing that and actually become a bit of a guardian, making sure that I was careful not to slip on you know, some of the moss and stuff that had gathered on the stone. And at the end of the day, as I do every day, give him great appreciation for being my partner in life in this day. He told me, no, 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 no. You're not going to express that today. I am. Today you helped me birth 
a little boy. And I said, how is that? And he goes, I remember as a little boy loving to go into the creeks and the waterways in my hometown and find patterns like that, patterns like you showed me today, patterns today like you showed God. And he said, it reminded me that I used to have those conversations. I used to talk to the stone. I used to say to whatever at the time I believed there was a presence. I don't know that I had given it a name like you have. But I would say, look here. Do you see this? Do you see this? Look how beautiful this is. He said, today you reminded me that that's a reality of us. And it's okay to have that no matter how old I am. And it's okay and it's not blasphemous for you to think that you could draw God's attention to see this beautiful moment. See, I don't know how one lives outside of that kind of knowing. And I I accept that to so many people that makes me unreal. That makes me phony to them. That makes me unacceptable to them because they They have not allowed themselves to have that. But what I take faith and strength in is it's all of us. It's all of ours. No one of us have a corner or have a particular fix on them. We all have it. Somewhere along the line, you have disconnected from it for whatever the various reasons are. Somewhere someone made it wrong to you. And you believe them more than nature itself. Because that's us. Nature is us. And so when we do the look up, you know, we see, I remember as a child, all of the teachings, you know, my science labs were the earth herself, the forest, the creeks, uh, the creatures. You know, my education was looking up at the sky at night and seeing the difference between what's there right now and what will be here in an hour. And then again, at least in three hours, look at there where that's at. And what else has shown up on the horizon? And how come that would be and how we can depend on that and how we will know what the season is because of where it now comes and where it now places itself. And whether it's higher north or farther south or more east or west. And that the constellations were all stories. Stories that connected us to creation. And that connectedness to creator. Always new, always present. Always real. And then our our very nature of connection of why The Mother Earth is called Mother Earth. How she becomes our planetary birthing and how she becomes our planetary keeper. Does not take away from our physical human mother that gave birth to us in her womb. It gives us a greater respect of what she is in the vessel that she holds. So, you know, and I've had many people, very many good religious people say, but that's paganism and that isn't of God and that isn't of Jesus and that isn't of this and that isn't of that. I did not believe that. I cannot believe that. My respect of allowing and, and having not tolerance from some forced upon acceptance, but tolerance because of love and consideration and respect. 
it's great. And in its greatness, it's always comforting and reminding of me the benefits of how living is a part of the universe, living is a part of the earth, understanding that I am a part of a very cyclic principle that holds it all in harmony and has it all working together. That is not pagan. If pagan means it is without reality and it is without God. So when you're looking at full moon and new moons, you know, allow yourself to explore your understanding and your awareness now of what that means and what you can do with that. Make yourself a part of it. Nobody else can, only you. You can open the windows to those magnificent parts of our world. And that, to me, is the why the title of this show is Windows in Your Mind. Oh, beloveds, open your beautiful mind to the completeness of what you are. Never, ever minimize yourself. Never, ever disrespect yourself, nor ever be tolerant of someone else disrespecting you. Be all beautiful and great things. We've come to the fullness of our hour and the signal of my engineer is saying, okay, the hour has come to conclusion, so I'm going to move along here. But I thank you so much for spending this time with me. I look forward to the day to when you can be interactive with me. But meanwhile, go to the Facebook, go to the, go to the homepage of our radio network here and actually list yourself on the fan page so that I can talk directly to some of your questions and stuff. Meanwhile, know that at four points of my day, every day, in the four quadrants of my day, you are included, and I bring you close to my heart, and I speak of all good things for you as I do all those who make up my day and I call family. And in that, I let you go to whatever else you need to do, and know that we'll be back with you on a weekly basis and at any time through the week. And invite others to come to our archives and actually pick up the show, okay? Meanwhile, know that in things you are important and that you matter. You, beloved, make a difference. You have a wonderful week. This is Parisher, your host on Windows in Your Mind. OCO. Well, okay, it's that time of being complete again and going forward to assimilate and use what we've shared and learned. It's with love of humanity that I serve, and it's always good when you're with me. I value in your time. So I say to you, Olama Liaha, we are family. Walk in beauty upon the great Mother Earth and be the blessing that you are. I send you my hugs and kisses on the breeze and in the sun. Beloveds, I am always with you. Have a wonder-filled week and celebrate all good things. For those of you who want to keep in touch through Facebook, remember that it's www.facebook.com, C-O-M, slash forward, and it's V-E-N, period, P-A, period, R-I-S, period, H-A. And make sure that you share what you want to say and share your stuff, and I look so forward to that. So until then... Know we are blessed. See you soon.
Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.